Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. NFL players are now using their platform and speaking up, but they've always felt like they've been suppressed by the shield to a degree. Whereas Adam Silver and NBA have always been a little bit more progressive, allowing players to, and plus, you know, the guys have their faces that are, are right there in front of you constantly. So, you know, if, if there is a platform that is conducive to continuing the conversation, it will be the NBA platform. That's Jay Williams, uh, former Duke basketball player, ESPN analyst, and, uh, how long did Jay Williams play in the NBA? Did he get in a bad? Did he get in a bad? Uh, well, I feel like wreck. there's been like 25 Jason Williams in the NBA, but well, yeah, but no, he's, you're, yeah, I know yeah, a couple of Jason yeah, Williams, but but he's the he's the guy from Duke, right? Yeah, yeah. So only a couple years, I believe, because he, because he got the, the motorcycle. motorcycle. Oh yeah, awesome, right? yeah. Ended yeah. his career, man. Um, God, those those crotch rockets, dude. Yeah, I mean, remember was big, big Ben. 2006. Yeah, I believe. Was he pretty good? I mean, he was like what the I think third pick overall. Well, in the I know that doesn't oh, mean oh. pretty good though. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, that is fair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. what do you think third pick overall? But are you good though? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, go ahead and break about if it. They stop at yeah. Actually, it's the third second, pick overall. It usually pick. means I wasn't very good. Oh, sorry, second, second pick overall. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. I stand corrected. Uh, I made three all-star games in four years. Isn't, you were pretty good then. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. I was the third pick of the draft. Well, that's cool, but are you good yeah. though? Are it's you good? It's not a foregone conclusion. Yeah, that's was, how the uh, NBA works. It looks like, at least from everything it shows on his like career highlights, is a lot of college, obviously. But the only NBA one I see is he was selected to the all-rookie second team. Yeah. Well, yeah, so he probably got it. He, he well, probably didn't do enough... Yeah. Uh, um, and then obviously the, the career got cut short. Actually, I like him uh, talking college hoops and, and seeing him on ESPN, uh, the times that I have uh, watching him talk some hoops. Brett Martin of Austin Lane, Coos. Uh, we talked a little hoops earlier in the show, and we're going to do that a little bit later, too. What's a sleeper pick outside of the Clippers and the Lakers and the Bucks? say? We're going to eliminate those three teams. Who else would you consider has a really good chance of, of winning the championship once they resume basketball? Uh, later in July, but right now we uh, we have started so many of our shows for the first sixty to ninety minutes the last week talking about uh, racial injustice, social injustice, what's going on in our world right now, and uh, we've really had some uh, good discussions a week ago uh, about a lot of different topics, and uh, those discussions are not going to stop, but uh, also want to advance some of them. And there were a lot of things that happened this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, from Drew Brees' 72 hours was unbelievable from Wednesday to Thursday to Friday. And, and, you know, if you missed it, he had a chance to really use his platform for what was going on in society. He chose to instead, when asked about a question about what if players – uh, were to kneel during the anthem to talk about uh, patriotism and the flag. And that spurned a lot of negative talk uh, from teammates and around the NFL, really around the country. Mm-hmm. And he went from one of the most beloved figures in New Orleans and in the NFL to quickly, you know, 
shoved aside. You yeah. know, and we talked about some people canceled them out from Ed Reed to, to others. Well, he apologized. Some people wondered if the apology was enough. Uh, then he came out strongly against President Trump in a tweet. And uh, his wife actually, uh, I think, shared something on Instagram over the weekend as well. I, I, this is not a game we're keeping score of. Mm-hmm. But I have no other way to ask you this other than to say, has he kind of rallied? You know, amongst teammates, amongst people in the NFL, amongst fans, mm-hmm. is Drew Brees, has he kind of rescued his legacy a little bit in the last few days? I mean, if we we're being honest, the, the day after what he said, we wondered if this would be a lasting part of his legacy. And you take away being one of the all-time greats yeah. uh, in NFL history. It, it feels like the Drew Brees conversation has subsided. I'm not calling him a hero in all this, yeah. but he certainly has shifted the, the narrative, it feels like. Am I accurate? In oh, that? You're, you're absolutely accurate. You know, and, and obviously he said what he said. He reaches the outcry. He reaches, you know, just a barrage of just um, resentment and a barrage of really just getting cast aside and saying, you're not welcome here anymore. Literally, I mean, so I was like, listen, we don't like Drew Brees. Drew Brees is getting canceled and all this kind of talk. Right. And we heard it from guys like Malcolm Jenkins. We heard it from guys like Ed Reed. We heard it from his own teammates like Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas. I mean, they all expressed, um, you know, just their, their anger. And you know what? Let's be honest. Rightfully so, because I can see where they're coming from. Drew Brees releases the apology, and I think that apology, it's funny because it almost it's almost like people flip sides, right? Where the, the, the side that was for Drew Brees of standing up for the flag, now it's like, well, why did you say, you know, like, now you're going to flip sides, and now you're going to say you should have done that, and so those people are mad at him. And then the people that, uh, you know, like his teammates and everything were just like, man, I can't believe you would say that. Well, then he apologizes for it. He's like, oh, so now you're just going to apologize for it, and it's supposed to be all over. So, like... He didn't really get a lot of love from both sides. I mean, it was, listen, it wasn't a good week to be a Drew Brees, okay? Let's just say it like that. Yeah, he was caught in the middle of it. Exactly. But then what do we always say? Actions speak louder than words, okay? So this goes down, and once again, you know, I don't like to get too political, but this is a big part of the story. Donald Trump literally comes out on Twitter and says Friday he, afternoon. Friday afternoon, and he said he, you know, he's always been a, a big Drew Brees fan, one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it, and he didn't think that Drew Brees should have apologized, you know, on his thoughts about the flag. Well, then what happens a little bit after that? Then Drew Brees reaches out to Donald Trump, and this was the action. Okay, this was the match to me that kind of got everything started. Drew Brees literally just said, "Listen." I was wrong. I talked to my teammates. Um, we found some kind of common ground. And now he literally changed his stance about how he feels about players kneeling for the national anthem and essentially went against Donald Trump. OK, and keep in mind, he tweeted right at Donald Trump. All right. And now, once again, say what you want to say about politics, but don't get it twisted. This is Donald Trump versus the NFL players right now. This is Donald Trump versus the locker room. That's, that's exactly what's going on right now. So Drew Brees tweets at Donald Trump, or I'm sorry, maybe it was like an Instagram message, at Donald Trump. Trump obviously sees it, and now we're here. So this goes back to my point on Friday where this is why you cannot cancel people. This is why that you cannot just push people to the side and not educate them. Because Drew Brees went from being a leper, if you will, being outcast to now maybe being one of the strongest advocates and one of the strongest pieces in this whole battle. Because do you know why? Donald Trump praised him. Donald Trump mentioned him by name, okay? Donald Trump hasn't mentioned Lamar Jackson by name. Donald Trump hasn't mentioned uh, LeBron James by name. He mentioned Drew Brees. 
and Drew Brees went against Donald Trump. So I think overall, and you know, maybe you know, calling this a battle is a little too aggressive, but I'm just saying right now in this battle, in this in this war, in this competition. Drew Brees is obviously on the side, and I think players, for the most part, are gravitating towards him now because of the power that he can bring. Well, it's interesting. He did two things. One, when he apologized, players wrapped their arms around that, at least some. Michael some Thomas, did. who's yeah. respected, yep. and, and his teammate, and so his teammates, Demario Davis, uh, those guys came up to his his rescue, if mm-hmm. you will. You know, they said, okay, hey, we're going to... We're to keep moving forward on this. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, we found out later that there's a big team meeting, and I think uh, Peter King had it and some others now, that Shaq was a part of that. And Shaq, because, you know, teams always bring other folks in. And uh, I think uh, they had said there was some other recent – Snoop Dogg was another recent uh, contributor to the Zoom meeting. You know, and and, uh, teams do this all the time. We talked about this recently on the show, in fact. But uh, so Shaq was just kind of waiting, but he's also in that – Zoom meeting while all these discussions are going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, very private of what happened in those discussions. But it's almost like it pulled everybody together, and Shaq kind of helped it. Shaq's words, at least according to Peter King, uh, the part I read, were, hey, they tried to break co- the media and social media and everybody else, and not really social media at that time, tried to break Kobe and I up. They tried to split us up. We would have won five more championships together if we, <laughs> we didn't get into this stuff. Yeah. Like, don't let it happen. Yeah, And it's almost like the Saints have been galvanized. They were split up for about 24 hours. And we wondered how this was going to play out in the fall. Now they've been galvanized by all this. Really uh, a, a wild, wild turn of events. And and that's just by the way a Saints thing in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't even go beyond what does it mean in the whole movement. And what mm-hmm. does it mean in the discussion outside football. Uh, so Drew Brees has become a very central figure. Uh, in all of this, you know, it, I, I told you last week a lot. My fear is that this will turn into a political play mm. uh, and conversation. And I think if it, and, and it's almost like these days it's impossible not to. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Uh, but I think the more it becomes a political play, the less uh, the more diversion there is to the real conversation and topics that, that need to take place. Although some of that I'd be naive to say doesn't come in. Politics probably comes into it. Mm. That's why uh, there's so much messaging about voter turnout and, and other things yeah. during these protests. I mean, so it, I get it. it. Well, it's funny. Like we always say sports mirrors real life. Well, politics has to mirror real life, too. I mean, Absolutely, it, and yeah. it all goes hand in hand here. Uh, so it, it's we're in that stage. We it's are? just this kind of like back and forth. Uh, and, and maybe even bigger than that is the NFL. Mm. You know, I understand the conversation about Drew Brees, but the NFL was not willing to do this a few years ago. And to some, it looked like, well, they're trying to protect their product. Correct. You know, Uh, and they threw that to the wind on Friday and said, you know what? We're not going to have that as the the uh, foremost priority here. Uh, We're going to help the cause and help change and help be a vehicle to that. Now, listen, there's a lot that needs to be done, and we'll see if action takes place. But uh, the NFL, bigger than maybe even Drew Brees, is is in the movement, and, and they've at least vowed to be in the movement. You know, and this was big for me because if you if you notice the past year and a half that we've done this show, whenever I bring up the Shield or whenever I bring up Roger Goodell, I always say, you know, well, they're supposed to have the, their players' best interest in mind, but that's another story for another day. Yeah. And, and I keep and I keep quoting that because, well, this is the story that I'm talking about. 
Okay, the, the, this is the story. When we saw Kaepernick do his thing, when we saw other players follow along, and the Shield wasn't on board with it, okay? Because the Shield was on board with trying to generate as much money as possible, okay? Because there's always the threat where if, you know, NFL teams took the knee, people would stop watching football, okay? And obviously that's bad if you're Roger Goodell, and that's bad if you're the NFL. So I was always from the philosophy, and I guarantee 90% of the guys in those NFL locker rooms share my sentiments because I've had these conversations with a bunch of these guys where the NFL would always worry about the bottom dollar over the players' well-being and the players' thoughts, okay? What we saw here the past couple of days with Roger Goodell coming out now and obviously this rogue NFL employee you know, going out of his way to make sure that Goodell posts the video, what we're seeing now is a paradigm shift. And what we're seeing now is the NFL finally starting to take the player's side over the money side. Okay, now once again, take the politics out of it. I don't care what you think right now. We'll get into that maybe a little later. But I'm just saying from the optics, from what's going on right now, you have Roger Goodell and the league offices listening to players. You have Roger Goodell and the league offices saying, you know what? If you want to protest, we're behind you 100% and we're going to protect you. Nothing bad will come of it. This is the first time that we've really seen this, right? So it's going to show you right now that there is progress being made. And all of a sudden, for the first time in a long time, at least from my perspective, it's not all about the money. It's all about the players. And this is the first time we're seeing that, in my opinion. Yeah, listen, and it's it's hard not to be about the money when you're a billion-dollar industry. Mm-hmm. And it, NFL proved that it was hard to avoid that and get into these conversations few years back and now here we are there's another segment of this that's interesting and i've watched a lot of reaction around the nfl uh, statement and I, I again we can all say well they had to do it or you know the players came out and said something it sounds like from the way now who knows if it was lip service or not but oh, i read peter king's article hmm. and it, it sounds like they were putting this in motion to say something all week to because their initial statement Felt kind of weak, and that was the feedback they were getting internally, not just from players, but from people that worked in the NFL offices. So we'll take them at their word for that. But now some of the reaction is, well, it doesn't mean anything unless you give Colin Kaepernick a job, unless <laughs> Colin Kaepernick gets a job. You know, it, it, and, and that's probably being a little bit too like blanket statement. Yeah. But I've read a lot about that. I think there are some folks that believe strongly in that. Well, some are just calling for an apology. And because they didn't mention Kaepernick's name uh, by name, yeah. and you got to remember, Kaepernick and, and the NFL came to a settlement. So you wonder where that plays, that previous settlement after meeting. Um, remember, no money was released, so we didn't really know too many details of it. But where does that fit into all this? Yeah. And I, I guess from your point of view, do you have to hear the NFL apologize or say something to Kaepernick, to Eric Reed, to other folks that have continued to stand behind what they did uh, over the last few years? And secondly, what does it say if Colin Kaepernick is offered a roster spot or a chance to work out or, you know, or be a quarterback? Um a few years later when he hasn't played a football game in, in three to four years. Sure. All right. Does well, it need to happen? Yeah. So let's divide that up into two questions. Does Kaepernick deserve to play again, number one? And number two, should the NFL acknowledge that maybe they made a mistake and do they owe Colin Kaepernick an apology? Let's go with the latter first of all. Okay. Listen, 
when you talk about Adrian Peterson going on Twitter and going on social media and saying that you're going to see the entire, you're going to see NFL teams kneel, it's coming. All right, get ready because it's coming. So brace yourselves. You know, um, if you're against it, maybe turn off the TV, but brace yourselves because it's coming. There's a storm coming, and I and I talked about it on Thursday. I said players are going to start kneeling again because when the commander in chief calls them out. Their only response is to fight back, okay? And this is how you fight back. So when we see players take the knee, you know, maybe that first preseason game, maybe that first regular season game, well, the first thing of what's going to come to mind, it's Kaepernick. Like, that's Kaepernick's thing, all right? That was Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. So to me, the NFL, and again, maybe it's not about the money right now. Maybe it's about the image. Maybe it's about protecting your players. Maybe it's about listening to your players, but if you truly want to listen to your players, then you have to acknowledge Kaepernick, okay? Because if Adrian Peterson's coming out, and keep in mind, Adrian Peterson, you know, future Hall of Famer, one of, you know, I don't want to say the faces of the NFL, but he's been there for a long time, a vested guy, if you will, a great player. If you got him coming out and saying that teams are going to start taking a knee, well, then everyone's going to write that back to Kaepernick. And if that's the case, and if you're the NFL and now you support it, well, then you have to go back to, you know, Patient zero, if you will. You have to go back to where this all started from, and that's Colin Kaepernick. So I'm not saying the NFL should come out with an apology saying, Colin, listen, we didn't listen to you, man. We're sorry for not – no, I'm not saying all that, but you have to acknowledge him. You you just can't wash your hands of the history of what what just happened and say, yeah, we don't remember him. No, you have to acknowledge him, and you have to say, you know what, maybe we didn't listen as much as we should have. If that's an apology, so be it, but I'm just saying you have to acknowledge the standpoint. What about a job? Yeah. What? Because I'll be honest with you, from my point of view, and and this is probably not. I, I'm just like, are they going to give? I don't know if Colin Kaepernick wants a token job just because of what's happened now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's. It's like, oh yeah, now we got to give it. I would think first well, of all, this he is like a, the he, he want to earn rule it a little right? bit though. But it's kind of like the Rooney rule. Yeah, I guess bit. it does feel a little bit like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, one, you have to ask yourself, do you believe he's been blackballed by the league for the last few years? Yeah. And many people do. Uh, I think it was Hugh Jackson that came out and said, hey, he wanted Kaepernick back in 2017, and they elected to go um, draft the QB mm-hmm. instead. Uh, I think that was Deshaun Kaiser. Yep. Uh, so I don't know. How do you feel about it? I mean, do you feel like there's a – there's if, if Kaepernick never gets a chance to play again, mm. one, because now people might say, hey, I've been out of the league for four years, dude. Yeah. Wait, wait, we don't think you're very good. Sure. You know, is that that's fair. I mean, you haven't played in four years. Mm. Or that video that came out, does that suffice? Do they mm-hmm. put him through workouts? Uh, does that have to happen? Or is it not enough if it doesn't happen? Listen, I mean, I can sit here and tell you that right now there's a need for a dual-threat quarterback. I can sit here and tell you right now that Taysom Hill is a very high commodity, yep. so much that the uh, New Orleans Saints wanted a first-round pick for him to trade him away. Okay, They obviously didn't get that, but that's where he kind of ranks right now. And I can sit here and say Colin Kaepernick has t- taken his team to a Super Bowl. Okay, And I can sit here and tell you all those things. Now, I haven't seen the guy work out in the past couple years. Yeah. I-, I don't know what he brings to the table. I could say table. so is Joe Flacco. Yeah, well, right. exactly. Yeah. And, and this but Joe my- Flacco's got a job. <laughs> no, no, for sure, for sure. And, and listen, I mean, is he intriguing? Absolutely. If I'm an NFL coach and I don't care about the bad publicity and all I care about is winning, would I give Colin Kaepernick a chance? Probably. Why? Because he's a dual threat guy. If I'm going to run a wildcat formation with Colin Kaepernick for maybe three plays a game, so be it. Guess what? Tennessee Titans there with Marcus Mariota worked out pretty well when Ryan Tannehill took over. I'm just saying from another wrinkle of an NFL offense, and once again, take the optics out. I'm just saying from a winning standpoint, I could definitely see it. Now, let's be more realistic, though. 
The guy's been out of the game for a little bit. So if you're the NFL, do you extend him an office job? Do you extend him some kind of, you know, liaisonship where it's like, hey, this is us trying to, you know, extend the olive brancher, come work for us. And this is where I stand on this. And this is something that I've been preaching now for the past year and a half. I think the NFL does a great job with, like, military appreciation. I think the NFL does a great job of breast cancer awareness. And I, I've been calling for this for a while now. If you're the NFL, why don't you have a racial injustice month where you have a color designated towards that, whether it's black, whether it's yellow. I don't care. Pick your color. But everything that you sell with, with that, you know, with that brand goes directly to inner cities. It goes directly to programs to help kids out. And I don't know, maybe it helps other things as well. But I'm just saying the racial injustice month. No, I'm not saying that we should only focus on racial injustice for one month. Just like I'm not saying we should focus on breast cancer awareness for one month or military appreciation month. I think that, you know, those things are important. We should focus on them the entire year. But I'm just saying if you're the NFL right now and you're acknowledging that there's an issue and you're trying to listen to your players, well, then go above and beyond. And why not extend the olive branch to Colin Kaepernick and say, listen, we want to do racial injustice month. Here's what we have planned, and we want you to spearhead that. Because now you're almost saying, you know what, we were wrong. Kaepernick, make us, you know, to take us to a new era. Let's make things around us better. And obviously, it helps spread the message. Because the NFL, like, listen, Colin Kaepernick's a huge platform, okay? And he's built a lot of that on his own. He has the help of Nike, obviously, but he is a huge brand. But he's not as big as the NFL, okay? And if those two guys can come together, the NFL and Colin Kaepernick, and work together, well, that's what you want. Is there too much divide for Kaepernick to work in that capacity for, in mm-hmm. quotes, yeah. the NFL? No, I mean, obviously. You know, I mean, that's the big question right now. But I'm just saying from an optics, from just a new era of the NFL, if that could ever come to fruition, and if Colin Kaepernick and the NFL could come to an agreement and be like, you know what, what happened was wrong, so be it, I forgive you, let's focus now on the bigger picture, and let's focus now on fighting racial injustice, I think if the NFL and Colin Kaepernick could work together on that, that could be the the ultimate game changer. A couple of other quick thoughts. Uh, Brett Martin, Austin Lane here, Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690 here on a Monday. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, you said Kaepernick, if you could put up with the negative publicity. Mm-hmm. Has that shifted? Well, it is, <laughs> there's always going to be, obviously, this is a device that can be a divisive issue, yeah. but I feel like it's more uniting than it has been. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to measure that uh, and, and quantify that. But if a team does, how much is there a lot of backlash now off uh, the heels of the last week and a half? And I'm not sure where we'll be in August. Sure. Have you have you been in the Facebook comments lately? <laughs> I, I told no. you about the Facebook yeah, comments yeah, no, on no, Friday. No, you did. Yeah, you I did. understand that it yeah, exists. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Um, but I'm saying, does it exist to the actual what felt at one time 50-50? Correct. That's not feeling 50-50 to me these no, days. No. I, I don't. I don't know if that's to you. No. Uh, no. But I, I feel like this the. It's swayed sure. uh, in some way, shape, or form. And quite frankly, I'm not even sure how much that matters. I, I just think the temperature is different. The climate is different. If Kaepernick uh, were to get in, like, I almost feel like he will get a workout or two or three or five see, coming the, off this if listen, he wants it. The, yeah, in a sunshine and rainbows world, absolutely. But I'm a realist, man. Let's be honest right now, okay? Of all the owners in the NFL – and, I, and I'm not trying to name any names, and I'm not trying to like put a label on anybody. But I would say the predominantly, you know, white NFL owners, the rich white NFL owners, are probably Republicans and Donald Trump supporters. Okay, let's be honest here. If Colin Kaepernick was on an NFL team, 
How do you think that the commander-in-chief would feel about that? Probably wouldn't be the most excited. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, that's politics. Who cares? Well, I'm saying when you're an NFL owner and you have a lot invested maybe in who the president is, that can go a long way. So, polit- I mean, I guess my initial thought to that is didn't the NFL kind of say, hey, we're not worried about the politics of this the other day when they issued a statement? Oh, but I'm sorry. Did the owner say that? Well, he speaks. He has to. Co- he works for the owners. Sure. But did, did every single owner come out and say, all no. right, no, exactly. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my only point here, where I get right now the NFL, it's all about, you know, having the players' backs. And I would like to hope, like, guys like Shad Khan, their owners like Shad Khan, have their players' best interests in mind, too. But I'm not naive. I know how the NFL works, and I know how owners work. And a lot of owners are concerned about the bottom dollar. And a lot of owners, I think, are going to ask themselves, if we bring in Colin Kaepernick, will that hurt our bottom dollar? Simple as that. So call it politics, call it cash, call it whatever you want. But I just don't see right now the landscape of owners saying, all right, bring Kaepernick and let's go. Robert Little from uh, runs Black Sports Online tweeted this today. I found these two tweets interesting. Quick thought on it. Goodell decided to make his apology video not because so much he meant it, but the league got nervous that Patrick Mahomes was becoming an activist. One thing to ban Cap, but if Mahomes was to say, take a knee or doing things like the player protest video, they don't want that. Say it one more time, please. Uh, basically said uh, the only reason Goodell came out with the apology videos because Patrick Mahomes was in that initial video. Remember okay. with the players, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Thomas and others yeah. about him, yeah. you know, the whole social the media that thing started. Yeah. That's the thing that got it going. Mm-hmm. Um, do you agree with that? Uh, because of Patrick Mahomes being the face and his, him being involved in it. Now listen, there've been a lot of folks involved from Von Miller to name it. Dak Prescott's donated money. You know, there've been huge names. The, the entire Jaguars organization has been involved. The entire Jaguars in organization. Now, we're not going to talk about it because, yeah, it's the, it's the Jaguars, I guess. And, and, and you know what? Even and, I got bothered by that a little bit this week. Oh, wait. Weekend, no, 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 no. Hold up. Brent, are you being sensitive right now? Are, no. you, are you being a little sensitive right now? No, I just didn't get it from a business standpoint. You'd want that Conley speech on the steps of a police. Who are you telling, man? Who are you out telling? there if I was, even nine, if I just nine minutes. clicks. Nine minutes. Nine minutes. Right. 17 seconds could have, could have changed a lot of things. But and you know what? I'm not going to call it yet. I'm not going to call it anybody. And I'm not going to say maybe ESPN should have. brought it up, though, Pat. I was told oh, brought it up on the show. Fantastic. And so did Levitar, Listen, so. and I'm not going to, because we work for them, so I'm not going to call it the ESPN social media team and how they were more uh, concerned with Nikolai Jokic's abs going into the NBA playoffs and they were with Chris Conley's speech. Not going to bring that up at all. Not going to bring up anything like that, but I thought it was kind of crazy. Anyway, so well, that was the question. So anyway, here's the tweet. Goodell decided to make his apology video not because so much he meant it, but the league got nervous that Patrick Mahomes was becoming an activist. Good. And you know what? Do you I mean, think that's that, why? Is that the motivation? I don't really care. I mean, we're here now, you know. So, uh, and Which, I, by I don't the way, care. I like that. I, I don't yeah. care how we get to some places yeah. if it's good, right? Well, we say that and, all the time. And you know what? I hope that's true. I, I hope Roger Goodell saw Patrick Mahomes. I hope Roger Goodell got nervous, and I was like, "Oh wait, Patrick Mahomes now." The, the, this dude who's soft-spoken, that sounds like Kermit the Frog, who's one of the best uh, quarterbacks of all time, like you know, one of the best quarterbacks right now in the NFL. He's coming out right now. I didn't see that coming. I'm nervous. I like that. Good. And, and then a second part of Robert's tweet here, which I, I found interesting, which is why I always said if the super elite players back in the day would have pushed back on the NFL when this first happened, Cap would have a job. But the best players in the league mostly sat things out. They always had the power. What do you what do you sit on that? Do the players take some ownership of not moving this ahead? More? I mean, there were some really outspoken guys. Now, Patrick Mahomes maybe wasn't. Aaron Rodgers maybe wasn't the most outspoken, but there was a lot of outspoken guys. But it comes down to the double standard. It comes down. It comes down to the quarterback position. 
And I think from the quarterback position, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers. Is it the fair Patrick to ask Holmes, where Russell Wilson was back in 17? Sure. I mean, is, Why not? are those fair questions? Why not? Why not? Absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I thought those two no, tweets were interesting. Uh, it's very interesting, absolutely. Um, about uh, what's going on now. And, and again, it, it, well, it sometimes it takes longer than you want it to take. And let's be honest, we heard about it. I mean, I think players were kind of scared to speak on it regardless of who they were sometimes just because it was such a hot button issue. No doubt. Yeah, and, and, and owners and they made that have abundantly clear. organizations yeah. or the NFL's back. Now, Correct. It's people, different. People didn't wait for that, but now they do have their back to some degree. We'll find out how much so as we uh, continue this discussion over the weeks and months ahead. Let's talk some sports when we come back. Where's MLB? Uh, we have golf coming back to the Jacksonville. Sports are back in Jacksonville. Next on ESPN 690. Something just has to change. And, you know, I think when you look at what happened in, in Minnesota, you know, it's just, it's just, it's disgraceful to, to everyone and you know to to be able to have conversations about things uh i'm, I'm definitely a, a person that wants to hear a plan that, that has actions included in it and just you know try to support each other and do the things that that we can do to to try to help our communities and, and you know help the conversations because there's so much that everyone doesn't understand of, of what we need to do and how we need to do it but i can tell you that we need change that's Kevin Orrick, won the uh, cup race in Atlanta yesterday. And uh, NASCAR, like all other sports, are, are vowing to um, make an impact, to make change, uh, listen, learn, uh, put funds and resources uh, into racial injustice, social injustice. And NASCAR is an interesting sport when it comes to it, of course, because Bubba Wallace is the only black driver on the big circuit. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are more African American drivers, uh, you know, in NASCAR, uh, because they have diversity programs. Actually, Bubba Wallace came through the diversity program that was set in place years ago. But, uh, NASCAR also, uh, vowing to make some changes. Kevin Harvick, by the way, 51st career win for Kevin Harvick. There are some really good drivers, like from a historic standpoint, that have raced. Like Brad Keselowski's one of them. I think he's got like over 30 wins. But you just don't think of them in the same way you think of Jimmy Johnson and obviously Jeff Gordon and Dale Jr. And they don't feel like that. But there are so many guys who have been around for a long time really piling up a bunch of wins. And, of course, you have guys like Kyle Busch as well. NASCAR hasn't really skipped a beat. I mean, yeah. they are just kind of doing their thing mm -hmm. and uh, racing and you know, what's interesting is I have not seen from a maybe like corporate sponsor standpoint. I don't know if they've lost money. I, I don't know if some folks hung on, if, if they're able to pay their bills amidst the pandemic. I'm not sure where they are financially. They're obviously not getting ticket revenue coming yeah. into Gates. That's an important part, I would think, of NASCAR. Uh, but they are running the sports. Well, and keep in mind, too, not only sponsorships and dealing with the, the whole brand in general, but sponsorships per driver. True. I mean, you know, driver, it's all about sponsorship. It's all about who you get. So, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't really heard that much. I assume, like, and I think with those, with those driving contracts, I'm not really sure the intricacies of it, but I assume that, you know, the, the, they're for an extended period of time. So you just can't say, if you're sponsoring a driver, well, COVID-19 hit, we're going to pull out now. I'm not sure if that's really how it works. So, you haven't really heard anything, though, with the drivers suffering from sponsorships. You haven't heard anything from, from NASCAR suffering with sponsorships. And like, as far as the viewership's concerned, I mean, I haven't really heard anything about that either. Like how well, the, the ratings are. Up. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Been up. So, I mean, it's been a good thing for more. NASCAR to be back. And they're racing like uh, sometimes the Xfinity Series on Tuesday nights. They've mm -hmm. raced on Wednesday night. 
uh, and they're going to their tracks and, and the schedule is, is on. And by the way, I also don't believe they don't have this rigorous testing for COVID-19 because they feel like there are not that many people involved and you can keep your separation, your social distancing intact, yeah. you know, during the sport, during a race day. And uh, I have not heard or read too much in terms of folks uh, getting coronavirus since they've been back on track. So I guess that is a, a good thing. You know, we didn't mention uh, on Friday, but on Friday it was reported that Alabama had five players test for coronavirus. Florida at the time had tested 53 players. Mm-hmm. They had uh, zero test positive. And so the SEC is getting back actually today back on the for voluntary uh, workouts Voluntary, voluntary workouts. Is voluntary the most air quality thing? You guys better be thing? there. Hey, hey, you're dang well right now. If someone doesn't show up, oh, there's going to be hell to pay, Brent. So much hell to pay. Uh, so, but they're back in uh, campuses. Florida State's been back. Yeah. Uh, but now the SEC, uh, today was the day for them to get back. Uh, and I don't think you'll hear much about the workouts and other things because they're voluntary. So they're not supposed to be these organized events. Yeah. Um, it's like we have Nick Saban out there saying, where, where are my guys at? Yeah. At least to the public. But so we see, we know there's testing going on in college football. We know mm-hmm. also there have been some test positive. I, I think uh, they all were asymptomatic, mm-hmm. uh, the Alabama players uh, in this case. And we're going to keep getting those kind of stories. Uh, I think the good thing so far is we haven't had like uh, this case where an, an athlete or someone involved in sports that has come back, whether it's UFC, NASCAR, even some of the college football stuff. Now we'll get back to golf. We'll talk about that in a moment. And somebody ends up in the hospital or, or you know, is very sick mm-hmm. because of coronavirus. We haven't seen anything like that mm-hmm. uh, yet, which is a good sign for sports to continue, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great sign. And obviously, to me, the biggest one is football, Brent, right? Because it has the most players um, you know, those locker rooms are crowded. Actually, did you see um, someone tweet out, like, I guess NFL teams are going to be trying to encourage to keep everyone in that locker room six feet apart from each person in the lockers? Yeah, I, I think, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, go ahead and say that again for me. What, what was the stipulation? <laughs> six feet away. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay, go on. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, I said to laugh at that. Aren't the Jags actually positioned to be able to do this pretty well? Because they have multiple locker rooms in their facility. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, it, it, it's great to talk about, but let's be honest here, okay? I would probably say 80% of those players get their ankles taped. What are you going to do now if you're an athletic trainer? Are you going to stand? Are you going to have some kind of robot go in there, like <laughs> like in the bomb squad and tape a player's ankle? Like, no, man. Yeah, but you, you have to tape close. gloves on and a mask. Yeah, I know, but you're not going to be six feet apart is my point. Well, okay? like, I understand, yeah, but, but I... I, this, I you're not going to be able to do that all the time. Yeah. I think there's and, and an understood is... nature of that, but there's an understood nature of that at Publix. Yeah. And that's why they put the, the plexiglass up. Yeah. I guess at the end of the day, listen, do you have a bunch of locker rooms to make it work? Sure. Absolutely. And, and well, on paper, some facilities, maybe others don't. Yeah. Maybe others don't. So, yeah. Are the Jaguars set up to succeed in that? Absolutely. Now, will the Jaguars abide by all that and make sure players are six feet apart in the locker room at all times? <laughs> I guess we'll see. Okay, I guess we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens here. But um, listen, man, it's football, okay? And there is contact involved. There is physicality involved. There is a brotherhood. There's a camaraderie. Guys break it down in the locker room. Like, I just, I have a hard time 
you know, seeing like all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the COVID-19 brains get popping. Like, hey, guys, no, no, we, we can't break it down here because remember, six feet apart, six feet apart. All of a sudden, you know, the ping pong tables aren't going to be just there's, there's just a lot of things that I just can't see happening. Well, that's all I'm going to say. I just can't play doubles. Yeah, but you can't. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's a good <laughs> well, point. And yeah. the ping pong that you're sharing. And then the ping pong and the paddles. You know, there's a lot of things. Listen, but let me just give you a little firsthand experience. Optics. Okay? I get it, Brent. I get it. kids are back and playing ball. I get it. Playing baseball and they're playing softball. Mm-hmm. There are rules in place to try to discourage contact. There are rules in place that provide social distancing measures. Mm-hmm. But you're kidding yourself. If you were out the ball field this weekend or last weekend or in the last, you know that High fives are still being given out of habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are there is contact. You are if you've got a single, you're standing pretty close to that first baseman who's holding you on. You're pretty close to the catcher and the umpire. We've seen do a couple of different things. Sure, it's. But I also will. It, it, this is a, a different issue. But I mean, we have thrown. COVID-19 out the window when it comes to protests all over the country. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of other places around the country, by the way, who were still in lockdown quarantine. Oh, mode. and listen, and I, I'm have- not trying to bring light to this situation at all. My only point is that I think it's unrealistic to ask football teams to abide by all these rules. And I think, what, I, I think what I'm trying to say, too, is I think it's really been unrealistic all along. You're going Correct. to have contact. Can you avoid it as much as possible? Can you take measures to try to protect yourself as much as possible? That is, and, and therefore minimize risk, risk yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there there's going to be a, a little bit of risk in contracting coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the biggest thing when it comes to sports, uh, without being overdramatic, is are we going to see the case, the big case, the case where somebody, God forbid, dies, but is mm-hmm. even seriously, like, really sick? We've heard the different cases, you know, whether yep. it was, uh, I still say this, the only person I know that has had coronavirus is Tony Baselli. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. One person in three months. That's mm-hmm. all I know. Now, others probably know a lot more than that. I'm fortunate in that case. I'm not. I'm not here to say, is it really happening? I'm not calling this, like... It, it, it wasn't never existed. I'm not saying that. Well, and to I'm just be, saying yeah. me personally. That's all I know is one person. So and I don't, I don't even know, know how it anybody. Yeah, and other I mean, people besides Tony Baselli. And and listen, he he signed my autograph when I was at the training camp. So appreciate you, Tony Baselli. <laughs> I I consider you a friend, dude. But um, besides that, yeah, I don't really know anybody either. Yeah, but, yeah. So I guess my point is, are we going? When will we see? I think it's going to happen, don't you? That we see some sports figure that's been racing in a car or oh, it, on the golf course or at a football practice get coronavirus and have it pretty seriously. Do, do you? I feel Let like me, that's going to happen. Is see, that coming? Um, that could come. I foresee it a little differently. I foresee like an absolute just like outbreak of like a football Many team with like getting. 20, 30 players. Yeah, that's probably more. And, and then all of a sudden we're asking like, well, now what? Yeah. Like, I mean, if thirty guys get on a football team, what do you do? Well, it's exact. It's a great point, and that's kind of one of the points we had in the initial stages of this. Is then what do you do? Because even the NBA is saying, as we come back on July 31st, say they will have a little pool of replacement players. It sounds like just in case sure. there are multiple players, and your roster trims down, mm-hmm. you know, and your bench trims down. So it, well, it's a fair point, especially in a locker room, especially in a well, football locker room. And let's be honest here. So Alabama, what it was? I know they don't think they confirmed the amount of cases, but they said because it was. The, like Alabama didn't officially release the statement, yeah, but, the word but was they five. said it was five. Okay, that's during 
summer training. Voluntary. Voluntary. In quotes. Well, uh, Alabama volunteer? You kidding me? That's, I mean, that's, that's a, you better be there, that's all I'm going to say. That's like saying you should drink some water in but, a day. Yeah, but, <laughs> but to be fair, though, so we're CGC talking about, water, uh, you better believe it, baby. So, but with that being said, though, so voluntary workouts, five players got it. Well, let's be, I mean, let's be realists here. It's going to happen where a locker room of 20-something guys is probably going to come down with it. Yeah. And then we're going to be left wondering, like, what do we do with that? So, um, that's, I mean, I don't think that's a question if, if or when it's going to, I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to be when it's going to happen. Because that's just how this virus is acting right now. You would think. Yeah. Um, are, are they somewhat protected by the summer? So by the heat, there yeah. are people that feel that way. We'll see. We don't know. We'll, we'll all, of a, all of a sudden, the Wisconsin batter's getting all the top recruits because the cold. All of a sudden, can't live in the cold. I like that. Couple things. Uh, the latest on Major League Baseball, and there was huge news in the sports world over the weekend. Is it getting enough play? Huge news. Okay. Huge. Okay. I'll have it for you on ESPN 690, uh, and Austin will be talking about it. I know. By the way, Kuz, uh, when we were in the last commercial break, he says, "Hey, I just got a text from somebody. It said I'm I'm going to the hospital." Yeah. And they were like, so who's going to the hospital? He's like, yeah, I don't even know. Whatever, I don't recognize man. the number. So nonchalant about it. And like about a boss, five minutes later, he says, like oh, a this, sociopath? Is, this is my friend's buddy. He's a doctor. He said he's going to the hospital. <laughs> Why is he going to the hospital? Is he all right? He's at work. work. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's what we deal with in commercial yeah, breaks. <laughs> we'll be I back on worried. ESPN 690. Wish us luck over the next four minutes. Yeah, so let's go to the hospital. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.